Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. I'm Chad. Right on. Well, we have uh, we have another exciting episode for you. Uh, today is sort of a just kind of a catch up episode. We've um, all of us have played a few games and we're excited to talk about them and share them with you. And we also have added a new segment, and so we're excited uh, to uh, to reveal that today in our episode today too. So. Um, but hey, why don't we just check in and, and tell us about some of the games you guys have been playing lately? Yeah, I mean, it's been a busy couple weeks, I guess, uh, between life and again, I'm in that um, tournament, so I'm actually scheduling games weekly here and getting them done. So last week left you off, or last episode left you off with uh, facing our local Aaron with his convergence. And we got that game in um, just like two days after recording. Uh, I decided uh, to drop in Grim One again. Um, just looking at the list, I knew I was going to scare him off of one of his lists. And uh, I figured with his Aurora 2 and all the Paralysis Negation Angels, I don't know. It was going to go ugly either way. So I lost Roll, and he went first, which, again, with Aurora 2 and... Uh, that list means a lot of danger because I think his threat ranges um, are exceeding mine by a great deal. So even when I just tried moving up just a little bit, he was still basically top of two. Um, I think I only moved up about seven or eight inches. He was still able to get to my Sea King, arc a spell so that he had his uh, like size importance type um, rolls going on and get some other stuff in there that it just took my Sea King down before I could really do anything. Um, so that was kind of a rough start. <laughs> but after that, um, I kind of pushed back a little bit. I was trying to get some stuff done. I should have feeded with Grim right away, but I charged with my war wagon towards one of his jacks just to try to start getting some points and contesting well. And what ended up happening was I needed a five in order to uh, kill one of his servitors, and I got a four on my roll. <laughs> so my charge failed, um, leaving a uh, um, an archon in my face, uh, the void archon right in my face. So then I had to deal with him. And so I tried charging with my axer, which ended up kind of failing. And so then... Boom Howler went in and just cranked the damage rolls. Should have just sent him in the first place. So I was able to kind of push the line a little bit, but it really, at that point, it was kind of a losing battle. Um, I really couldn't do much. I made a couple bad choices in target priority. Um, I left uh, like perfect Hypatia onto one box, and I really should have tried to finish her off. But. Um, all in all, it, it ended up being a little bit of back and forth at that point, uh, just mainly because my feet kind of slowed him down. So a few turns into it, he just kind of picked apart my whole army and got me down to basically Grim and, uh, versus the rest of the world there and oh. finished me off. Oh, then you're uh, fine. It's just Grim yeah. versus the world? Yeah, you're totally fine. Exactly. You know, this is a pastor that can't really do much in melee or anything, right? <laughs> He's got uh, a gun. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, he does, and it's a good single-shot firearm. But um, I made another mistake, too, where I shot um, – this is where I should have finished off Perfect Hypatia, but I shot at Aphyxius 4 and trying to knock him down to limit his uh, his ability to come back at me. But I failed to remember and kind of look at the board, part of the issue with War Table. He was next to um, a uh, – Oh man, what jack was it that has lash? One of the mercenary jacks you can bring in. Anyway, um, oh, um, a mariner. A mar- mariner maybe it was lash. Maybe it was a mariner. Uh, yeah. Either way, whichever it was, it had lash, and so I couldn't knock him down, and I just I kind of missed that, and obviously didn't do enough damage to do anything to Asphyxius for really. But either way, it ended up five zero um, on CP. And yeah, that was just that was kind of a rough game, but it was again, it was there and it was kind of fun. It was a little bit more. I've already lost. I have a little more fun, right? Yeah. Um, the second game I got in, I went against the uh, the pair down. So I'm zero and two. Um, this guy was one and one. So I felt kind of good being the pair down. I guess halfway good, and ended up being against Grimkin and it was either going to be like child with slaughterhouse and a bunch of stuff or old witch two with a slaughterhouse and a bunch of stuff. So I kind of decided to drop Grim again. Um, once more, I'm going to, let's just have some fun with this list. Three big bases. I won the role to go first or second, and I should have kind of looked at the map before really making my decision because he chose side, and uh, I went first. The threat ranges, obviously, I could have kind of dealt with. So I really should have controlled um, scenario, I think. And there was a house sitting, like, right in the middle of the deployment zone or just in front of the deployment zone. So trying to get three huge bases around yeah. that and everything else was a real real puzzler. Um, I ended up kind of bunching myself a little bit too much. Mm. But either way, it was still kind of that good you know, back and forth started happening where I was able to move up. At least he kind of moved up out of my ranges and we just were playing around like that. The first turn, uh, his windstorm was huge because it just, it brought down my quake cannons down to a range of 12 or a seven, um, which was big. I ended up getting one of my war wagons in a little bit to knock down a clock, um, and trying to back out far enough. But even then, he was able to come in and do a bit of damage uh, between everything else he had going on. And so, like I said, it's he kind of kept keeping Old Witch a little bit safe away from uh, the Sea King, obviously. And oh, well, yeah, yeah, you know, she, kind of she's hard. a giant target. Exactly, it's hard to uh, you can't really hide behind a forest or a cloud or anything, right? And so he was into his turn, and I thought I thought for a second this was going to end fairly quickly because on the second turn, so bottom of two, he was moving his stuff around, got some clocks in, um, like I said, onto my war wagon. He was doing some good work, and he was down to a couple models to go, um, one of them being the slaughterhouse, and he had Old Witch within 14.1 inches of my Sea King. And so I was like, okay. You know, I could shoot his objective, charge his objective, because he didn't have a Krabbit by it, um, try to do damage, and then charge in. Well, he noticed it at, like, kind of the last minute and moved his slaughterhouse in order to body block just enough to where I couldn't get an angle in there. Um, again, it meant his slaughterhouse didn't really do anything. Yeah. But I was able to go in, 
uh, and this is where my turn just went sour. Like I took way too long because we were kind of lining up onto one theory that I could charge one of the clocks. And then we noticed about 10 minutes into me planning this that, oh, wait, no, we can't do it because it's actually the angle we thought was kind of good was not there. I couldn't see the clockatrice, right? So then I had mm -hmm. to re re-go in the tank, replan it out, map everything out again. And so it just kind of decimated my time. Um, I ended up going in, hoping to take two of the three clocks out. Only took out one. His stutter saved him. I had some grievous. I got my feet up. So his slaughterhouse couldn't really do anything um, except for like attack a couple of my, you know, single point guys. Um, and then the following turn, he kind of comes back. He hits a little bit, but not really enough to do and crazy damage. I take out the slaughterhouse. Um, we're both scoring some points. And essentially, we just kind of slap each other around for a couple more turns. Um, top of six, I end up clocking myself, um, trying to get rid of some gremlin swarms in order to score a couple more points. Uh, my magic weapons are like non-existent in this list. Uh, really, Grim's the only one. And mm -hmm. I chose magic weapons on my objective. But again, because of terrain, it was really hard to keep something within four inches. Um, I ended up putting magic weapons on a, a stone unit and uh, one of the stone guys and charging in and he missed by one his charge to kill um, a swarm. <laughs> I mean, granted, there's boxes. Yeah. so I'm That annoyance. It. Yeah, ex it actually, exactly. That's pretty much what did it in. And so, um, like I said, I just needed a few more minutes. Um, ended up that game, ended up seven to four. A um, couple of the errors I made there, I forgot to contest his flag. Bottom hmm. or, you know, top of two. I could have ran a unit to contest, and I didn't. So mm -hmm. I gave him a free score, and then the following turn, a free score without having to take it out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that was, I think, one of the one of the bigger errors, and just kind of being a little bit more afraid of that slaughterhouse, taking it out. I mean, nothing is beefy, but now I know I had that list at least had the power to kind of overtake it. And then not getting closer to the clocks, um, would have been my couple errors there. So all in all, though, it was a pretty fun game. It was, like I said, it was a very, it, it felt like a game that was actually like a game and not just a one-sided uh, kill fest, right? Yeah. So I think that helped out a lot. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's my I, couple games in, kind of going from the getting totally destroyed to at least, you know, having a decent game makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I think you should take one of your dice and just add a pip to each side. <laughs> you just keep missing by one all the time. I do. Oh, that happens a it's lot. It's a little. It's a little hard to do digitally. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I guess that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I actually finally got to play a game of Warcaster for the first time since um, you know since the game got announced last year. Uh, over a year that uh, people have been excited about it. Uh, I went over to one of our local places, uh, Richard Wheeler, uh, invited myself and a couple of other guys over uh, and ended up being only myself, Richard, uh, Nate Owens from the Albany area, who's actually moving up here. Uh, and Josh, I believe was the other guy. Um, Josh and I had not played Warcaster at all, but we both had armies. He actually had, a bunch of Empyreans um, that he had gotten from the recent Kickstarter. I have Marcher Worlds, um, less stuff, because I 
I stopped going really heavily into it because I hadn't played a game yet and I wasn't sure how much more I wanted to commit to it. I have the starter box plus um, a couple of other things, a couple more hunters, an extra weaver, an extra jack, but I really only have one squad. Um, the game that we played was on a infinity table, basically. It was very heavy with terrain, a lot of buildings, uh, walkways going between them and things like that, and a lot of uh, alleyways to like block line of sight and get cover. Um, it was really cool. Like it was probably more terrain than we should have had, but it was a lot of fun to like maneuver around the table. Honestly, uh, it was very different from playing a War Machine game or uh, any of the 40k games that I played. Wow. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was definitely very interesting. It's very different. Um, it's a very different way of figuring out how to get around the table. Uh, he had a couple more units. He actually had three squads and then a couple of solos, a hero and a couple of jacks. I had one squad, two jacks, my hero and um, <laughs> a bunch of solos. I had three hunters and a weaver. So I just had, I had more solos to activate, but I didn't have as many squads, which I just didn't have the volume of attacks. And after the, we were playing the scenario where you uh, break the table up into 16 by 16 inch squares. So it's a grid of basically nine squares and you control territories. And after the first pulse round, we both scored evenly. We both had four. After the second pulse round, he managed to squeak out one point ahead and go up to eight to seven um, compared to the three that I got to score. But I and we were looking at the table, and he had deployed a couple of his other squads on the table. And I was like, I just don't think that without an extra squad, I don't have the volume of attacks. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I had two squads because uh, Richard let me borrow one. But I just didn't quite have the volume of attacks because um, both of my squads were on the table, and one of them was just very out of position because um, I was still trying to get used to the game, trying to figure out where good places to deploy gates were to drop other things on the field. And I had swung one squad over to the side to deploy a gate up on top of a building, um, which I ended up not doing, and put it up on top of a different building in the middle of the table where I had dropped my squad out. Um, and hoped that if I played a cipher card to give them cover, that most of the squad would be able to survive a round of gunfire um, and stay in the zone, which half of them did. But uh, that's another unique thing about the game is calculating things like cover because it's not a static bonus of like plus two or plus four. It's plus two red dice to your defensive rolls, which isn't always reliable. Right. Um, especially yeah. cause like I was just having some bad rolls a couple of times where I was making an attack. I had three red dice and like four white dice or something like that. And I think I rolled like a single strike. Like occasionally you just roll bad and you roll blanks on reds and it feels real bad, but it's a very different type of, um, math that you have to do with it. I haven't played enough Monpoc to kind of get into that headspace of calculating your chances for hitting. And also because it's kind of a roll off of, okay, I roll this many strikes for trying to hit you. If you roll equal strikes or more then the attack misses. So it's not always, I'm trying to hit your defense. It's I'm trying to roll more strikes than you are in order to get a successful attack. So it's, it's a little bit of a different headspace for pre-planning and things like that. Um, than other games and it was fun like 
Josh, my opponent felt bad. He was like, I feel bad that I brought more units and like, and I feel like it's maybe a little bit one-sided or something. I was like, I'm just more concerned about trying to figure out like the flow of the game and the way that the turns go, because I haven't put anything on the table before. Uh, it's all very unique. And, and as I play more, I'll understand that more and be able to like react on the table better. But playing the cipher cards is a lot of fun. It's a, it's an extra interesting mechanic, um, kind of similar to Song of Ice and Fire, where you you did get cards that you can buff units or use them as offensive options. And um, playing Marcher Worlds, they have a lot more stuff where they want to kind of buff their units of their jacks, and they don't really want to use Fury very much. Um, and I was just playing with the base deck. Uh, I just kind of thumbed through it real quick and grabbed the ones that I thought were going to be good. And some of them worked really well. And a couple of them kind of sat in my hand and didn't do anything just because of where things were on the table. Like I had one where you get to pick a war jack. And while your warrior models are within five inches of that jack, they get a plus two defense. But I never had any warrior models around my jacks because they were both on split sides of the table um throughout the game but that's you know that's another good one that could be used and but it was a really interesting game and i'm looking forward to playing it more in the future um trying it out i am i need to pick up a couple of other squads so that i have more flexibility of deployment um but yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting very cool and the the 3d terrain is another cool interesting element to the game um that adds a unique feel to it. So I look forward to look forward to that more. Can I ask you a question about the cipher cards? Sure. Um, are is uh, so in Song of Ice and Fire, depending on who your commander is, um, you know, your 12 cards or whatever are sort of predetermined. Um, the, are the cipher cards, can you like adjust them? Is it more, is there like a, a slight element of deck building that goes into it? <laughs> Yes, there is. So the base deck that comes with it, I think you... So there's four different types. Uh, there's Harmonic, Fury, um, Overdrive, and I'm blanking on the other one. There's a fourth one. Someone will yell at me on the internet. Um, there's a fourth one. So the base deck comes with 24 cards. So you get six of each of them. When you're at the start of the game, you build your Cypher deck. You have to have a minimum of three of each type. So you have to have a minimum of 12 and a maximum of 15. So you do get a little bit of flexibility um, in which ones you do choose. So you can choose the, the specific Furies that you want um, and that type of thing. And then when you get the Collision Course... Uh, expansion update, it actually comes with a bunch more cipher cards, including a couple of cipher cards that are faction specific, that are a little bit more powerful in some ways, or a little bit more characteristic of what the faction does. Like, so for example, I was thumbing through it and um, Marcher Worlds, because they're not strong at um, casting fury spells actually have no faction specific fury spells but for the oh geometric that's the fourth card that's the fourth card type is geometrics um one of the other ones there's like three that are faction specific to the marcher worlds compared to the fury where there's none 
Um, so with the combination of those two decks, the base deck that comes in the starter, and then also the collision course um, update pack, uh, you have a lot of options. Uh, and you get to, like I said, you get to build your deck before the start of the game. You just have to have the minimum of three of each, but then you can stack like three more of a specific one into your deck before you start. Nice. I, I like that. I like that very much. Yeah. yeah so. Pretty cool. At least you get to play. And there's a lot of that that sounds like you just got to get used to uh, what's going on or how to play it, and it'll get a little bit better how making decisions and positioning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it is still, and well, and also it wasn't until the end of the game that we uh, we realized that heroes count as solos. We thought that they didn't. Oh, so okay. it was like either pick a, a squad, a jack, or a hero, or a solo, uh, and then activate a solo. Because every time uh, every time it's your turn, you get to activate two things. Yeah. You, uh, you always get to activate a solo, and then you activate something that's a non-solo Um or, I mean, it can be a solo and a solo. It could be a squad and a solo, a jack and a solo. We just thought that heroes also fell into that category when they actually count as a solo activation. Gotcha. If you have them on the table. So yeah. I got to deploy my hero, and then she promptly didn't do anything for a couple of turns and then got shot off the table. <laughs> yeah. That happens, too. Yeah. Well, I was going to point out the nice thing about Warcaster a little bit is that your units, even if you just got, like, one or two more is if they go off the table, you can recycle them again, right? And yes. Yeah. They go on your sideboard, which are usable again. So even if you only have like two, you can still kind of stretch that out a little bit. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, you kind of want them getting uh, knocked off the table and sent back to the deployment or sent back to basically your, your reserves is what they are. Um, so that way you can drop them somewhere else on the table. Whereas, like, if you already have them on the table, you can you can also recall units, um, and it's also it's also weird a weird headspace because everything in the game is a unit, mm -hmm. but a squad is specifically a squad. Oh yeah. So everything gets referred to as a unit. You activate a unit and a solo, or a, you know, two units um, as a thing that you pick. But the squads, <laughs> the squads are squads. And a unit, if you select a unit and then a model in that of that unit gets to make an attack, you can use it on a solo or a warjack and not just the squads. It's weird language things that you like are slightly different to get to get used to as well with some of the cipher cards. But yeah, it, it is nice that you don't have to buy a whole ton of stuff to be yeah. able to keep playing because you can, if your unit gets knocked off the table, you can redeploy it. But if it's like over in a corner somewhere, you can, you can recall that unit, but then it also means that you're not um, deploying something out of a gate. So there's yeah. a lot of interesting one or the other options that you have to consider of like, what do I need to do? Yeah. No, definitely. And then uh, the other bigger point is being a privateer press game is, uh, you know, you're used to playing War Machine and Hordes with the 2D terrain, getting that 3D terrain, especially all that Richard yeah. has. We've seen those pictures in Discord. Yeah, a lot of great 3D printed stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, I look forward to playing another one. Um, I just need to get a couple more units myself and 
Warcaster is one of the ones that I'm secretly really excited to play in real life. I've I've watched a game, you know, I've watched games being played, but I haven't actually played one myself yet. And I really like the models, and I really like, yeah, uh, you know, my my first impressions of the game are, are very solid. So uh, I'm pretty excited you got an actual game in. So now now you can you could be our expert. You can teach us how to play. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jemai, what about you? What would you get in? I actually got a couple games in. Um, I got a game of War Machine in uh, in real life. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I had a um, longtime friend. Actually, the, the person who got me into War Machine, Ron, um, was in town for a couple of days. And so I set up a table in my garage and... And we, you know, wore our masks and and had just a great time. And what was really fun it too is uh, we just we chose not to play on the clock. And um, and and you know, I had our I had our camp chairs out. And you know, and when the game was done, we just kind of let it sit there, and we just sat in our camp chairs and just talked for like another hour. It was it was just really nice to catch up with them and you know to see you know a real human and. And and do things that we like to do together. But um, I was looking for. Um, I did a I did a, a quick poll on the Discord on which faction I should play, and Scorn won out. And so I was looking for um, some certain Scorn models, and I was not able to find them, which means my organization sucks. Um, <laughs> figure out how to do that again. So, but what I did find is I did find a bunch of my, my minion stuff. And I thought they were all together because I, I thought I put my minion stuff with the disciples of agony stuff, which is confusing for me why I didn't find the scorn stuff I wanted. So anyway, so I ended up um, putting Barnabas one on the table with a bunch of gators and, and, and he put siege two on the table and we played the new, improved bunker scenario so um basically just removes the center flag um and um it was it was a lot of fun um it was actually very even through three turns and then and then ron decided that he would flex his muscle and show me what siege two can do (laughs) Um, and and here's and here's the worst part so um I thought I was kind of in a safe zone and um, and I thought that it would be more challenging for him to get me. Um, and then he decided to, you know, move one, a certain model. And, and I thought that I, why don't I countercharge that model? So, so I countercharge with Barnabas pulling him out of the safe spot. Right. Oops. And um, however, in hindsight, my counter charge, um, I could have chose a different path of counter charge. So uh, I think his melee weapon is two inches. And so I could have charged a, a little bit further away from the model I was counter charging and thus making it a little bit harder for Siege. But I didn't, I only car- uh, charged enough to get my minimum three inches and then stayed within one inch of the counter charge target. Yeah. Which, which put me that much closer. And so, um, you know, and, and war machine, you know, it's a game of inches. Right. And so, 
So he showed me what uh, CH2 could do um, with whole combination of a rocket pack uh -huh. and a feat, a feat that is aptly named Perfect Position. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, CH2 put Barnabas in the dirt. But um, but like I said on scenario, it was a, it was a very even game. And and I think and I think partly because he knew Siege's personal threat range, I think he wasn't pushing the gas too hard. Um, I imagine if he really wanted, he probably could have killed me sooner, um, because I I didn't know Siege's personal threat range. Yeah. So, um, but um, and plus, you know, I don't really know minions. I don't really play minions. So, um, but it was it was a lot of fun. And, and we, and I did not, and one thing I didn't do that I had wanted to do is I actually wanted to have some of the new terrain types on, but I didn't get that at a I didn't get that ahead of time uh, for the game. Um, so, and that's, and that's okay. Um, he was, he was a little disappointed that I didn't have that up, but, um, but next time, know. next time, next time. No. And then, and then I got a game in uh, yesterday, a father's day. Uh, you know, the family was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to play games with my kids and eat food. Like, what else am I going to do, right? <laughs> so Sounds uh, great to me. Right? So the miniatures game uh, that we played was uh, with Underworlds. And so Oz was running his chosen axes as as Oz does. And, and I was running Grashrax Despoilers, which is the the Beast of Chaos Warband that was in the Beast Grave starter. Um, the starter comes with you know two warbands, and so um, and and so he had four models on the table, and I had six models on the table. And at first, we were going to do what I have some scenario rules that were shown in like um, the 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 White Dwarf magazine. And um, and then I also have the scenario rules for that came in another underworld starter, and so so I, I asked him if he wanted to play like a more of a scenario driven situation, or if he just want to go one on one. And and he said that we hadn't really played underworlds in a while, and so might as well just go against each other one on one. So that's what we did. We just set it up. It was a straight up forward game. We both had our decks ready, and and. And I, uh, I was very consistent in my scoring. I scored every round, um, but and Oz didn't. Like I think he scored in round one, but didn't score at all in round two. Hmm. And then, um, and what's interesting in this game too is you have, um, is you you have a lot of opportunities to roll for priority. And so every single priority roll I lost and Oz won. So that means he was always scoring first um, in the end rounds, right? And so um, and so when he scored first and then I scored after round one, I was like, okay, it's going to be a close game. And then when he didn't score in round two, but then I scored in round two, I was like, all right, I'm going to win this game. I was feeling very confident. And, and, I, knew it, and I knew that the objectives and, and, and the objectives that I drew for round three I knew I could score all of them except for one. And so during the, that round, I cycled one of them out. And, um, but, uh, and I did, and I scored a bunch of points. Um, 
in round three, I think my scoring went one, two, and three. So yeah. I got I got more each round, right? Well, Oz out of nowhere, and like I killed like half his war band and I was owning the board, and I mean it was out of nowhere, scored a bunch of stuff in the la in the end of the round, scoring uh so he actually won seven six. Oh. So, yeah. But yeah, and of course, you know, he felt pretty good about it and let me know because that's what Oz does. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Let me just beat you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let me tell you about the basketball game in a second. But um, but anyway, but the, the thing, the point I want to make about Underworlds is I actually forgot how much I enjoy that game. Um, it, it combines a little bit of deck building, um, more, I would say more than Warcaster, but less than like, you know, Magic the Gathering, right? Yeah. And then, um, and miniatures. And and it's just it's just so much fun, and and it's finite. Every game you play, you have twelve actions, and that's it. You have four actions each round, and so and so you're always asking your, yourself, okay, what what do I need to do in order to achieve what I need to achieve? Yeah. And 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 there are a lot of small decisions you get to make along the way to try to get you there. Um, I, I I it might be. I don't know. It might be one of my favorite GW games, just be, uh, just because of how how clean it is. It's you know, and you know how we like good clean rule set. Um, yeah. The only difference is is their cards in the first couple sets. Some of the cards were written kind of ambiguously, kind of like how you know you know how like Magic eventually added keywords yeah. to uh, to make it more clean. Um, yeah. The later the later sets of Underworlds have been doing that, and so the language is is a lot easier to understand and and it's more clean on, on what you yeah. what what the card is supposed to do. Yes. So I had this I had this weird objective that that it has it had two conditions that needed to be met in order to score it, and so I had like one of the conditions met easily but i had to like figure out a way to get the second condition met and and eventually i did i was sad that it only gave me like one glory point but whatever <laughs> now now basketball so so bryce has been i gotta tell you this, this is a little i'm gonna indulge for just a second here uh you know growing up and uh you know my buddies and i we always played street ball you know and everywhere we played and we used to sneak on campuses and play like we like we played at the chiropractic college for a long time. And it was a lot of fun being high school kids, you know, running circles around the college kids. Mm -hmm. And um, well, college and because they're because at that at that college, they were like not just college kids. They were like college adults, you know, people going back for a second career and that kind of stuff. But it just felt fun to, you know, to beat them and everything. Anyway, not that I'm a good basketball player, but I got some I got some things I can do. Right. So Bryce has been really getting into the NBA this year. And so he's been going out and down the street and playing basketball all the time. And so now he's asking us to go join him. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I showed him uh, crunch, which is uh, basically one V one V one. And so whenever you have the ball, you basically have two defenders all the time. And if you score, you get to go to the free throw line. And if you make all three free throws, then you get the ball back because we play winners. And then in any time you lose, um, or any time you miss, you play off the miss. Whoever gets the rebound, it's now their possession. I've been playing this game since I was a kid, right? Mm. 
So, uh, so they, so I told them that, and we played on Friday night and it was fun, but I told them that for father's day, I want to play again. And they were like, all right. Yeah. So for father's day, uh, I, uh, brought my a game and I, uh, skunked them 21 to nothing to nothing. Woo. I ran them off the court <laughs> and they were sad. But I had to show them what the old man can do. <laughs> now, now how are you feeling about it? <laughs> sore, so, tired. Uh, oh, and now I'm really sore physically. Like, I'm a mess today. But, like, uh, I, can't, I don't recover quite as well as I did back when I was their ages. <laughs> so I was going to have his underworld to win. Yeah. I got the basketball win. So. <laughs> anyway. But, no, that's exciting. We all got minis games in. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, it's the first time that's happened in a long time. Yeah, I think it's a, a sign, a positive sign for the future for us. So, but for all of us, for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because Richard um, asked me about a week and a half ago. He said that he and a couple of other people were going to try and get a regular thing going, uh, like every other Saturday, and invited me to join. And this past Saturday was the first one. So, nice. hoping to keep it being a regular thing. Um, you know, if we're recording every other week like we usually do, then I'll get games on in on a Saturday before we have to record. So, That's nice. and uh, and a bunch of us play like a lot of different stuff. I I think we're we're throwing around the idea of doing Warcry next because I think everyone has at least one Warband. Nice. Um, so I need to get my stuff assembled. Um, try that out. We were talking about maybe doing a slow grow age of Sigmar league or something like that. Ooh, a bunch of that. us have some 40 K stuff. Um, we've also got Warcaster, war machine, riot quest, Monpox. So there's a bunch of games between all of us that, uh, we're all looking at trying starting to explore. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's what, I mean, that's how Dan and I started, right? We had a regular time that we were playing and, you know, and then we added games over the years and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we had, um, uh, we had a, a meeting with some of our Patreon supporters a couple of weeks ago and we had a, we had a, just a, it was a great time. We met online using our discord server and, 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 and chatting it up and just talking about the future of the podcast and some of the things that they would like to see. And so I'm excited. Um, we're going to have um, in the future episodes, we're going to have some topics and, and things that are going to be closer to home to what they, um, what they'd like. But um, one of the things that they wanted to hear from us was um, uh, we always have a hobby time where we talk about what we're building or painting, but they were actually interested too in, um, our purchases. They wanted to know, like, what kinds of things are we buying? What kinds of Kickstarters have we backed, and things like that. And then, but then, more importantly, uh, what you plan on using them for. And so, um, because you know, everyone in our hobby, we have, we all have uh, high interest in what's whatever people are doing. We get inspiration from what other people are doing. Uh, we all have different projects that we're working on and, and you see something over here that catches your eye. And, um, and then, and also that a lot of us just have multiple interests. We, most of us play multiple games 
And so, um, and so it's kind of cool to know what everyone is doing. So with that being said, um, uh, we'd like to introduce our new segment and I'm jokingly calling it confession time. Um, <laughs> this is the, this is the time that we want that Dan and I would want our wives to hit mute. But, but anyway, so yeah, so let's, um, why don't we, uh, why don't we share with our listeners some of the things that, that we've been eyeing and picking up lately? Sure. I can start off. Um, there was recently a, a sale on one of the online marketers and uh, it kind of caught me. There's a mage wars. It's like a card slash board game, kind of a little bit of deck building. Um, and it was on a pretty big uh, super sale of a clearance. So I decided, ah, why not? It looked kind of interesting, something maybe to fun to play around with. Right. I ended up picking that up. Um, well, was a couple other miscellaneous small, small things, but that was the big portion portion of that. Um, I got to open it up and kind of start organizing, but playing will be another time. Uh, mainly, it also realized how much uh, board games and how much I need to reorganize and really um, uh, clean that whole area up and make it better. Because <laughs> yeah. I've just been getting some stuff and shoving it up there. You know, nothing's really been played with for a couple of years in there. At least, you know, on my benefit, I do have a, you know, top shelf of a closet to uh, store all my stuff in there. So yeah. um, I can do quite a bit. And then we have another cabinet that has like games that are mainly for my kids and stuff. <clears throat> but I got that. I also ended up picking up a little bit more of the, um, oh, what was the War Machine card? I can't even remember the name of it. I bought, you know, just bought a couple of them, but I can't remember. High Command. High Command. That's what it was. Yep. And oh, so. Nice. Yeah, there's a couple like the starter was like five dollars, and like a couple of the expansions for like three bucks. Yeah, um, not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, all right, for you know, fifteen bucks or so, I can get a whole bunch of it and and eventually try. It and maybe it's all right, maybe it's not. Yeah. I've heard it was pretty good later on, so maybe. Yeah, I didn't play much of it later on. Um, and some of the expansions were interesting because they were like key story elements that you played, like yeah. the um, like the attack on Soul was mm -hmm. one of the big ones. Um, it it was an interesting game that definitely needed probably a little bit more balancing and work, but then they just kind of never really put the effort in to kind of tweak it and sure it back up again. And mm -hmm. there were definitely a couple of um, kind of obvious advantages in like turn order or factions because part of the whole thing is you're deploying units and jacks to certain areas and if you control those areas at the end of the round after everyone has gone then you score points well some factions were just better at doing that and if they got to go last um a lot of times it was very difficult to remove them from a, a location to be able to score yeah. uh and it's just kind of like it just needed a little bit more tweaking, I think, and they just didn't want to put the elbow work into doing so. Right. But yeah, it yeah. was it was still fun. It was cool. Uh, it was it was fun to see all the different factions, and you get to kind of build your build your deck with different stuff. So nice. Well, maybe we'll give it a try sometime. You know, it's just, and I I like options, so it's just one of those things to add in for for an option. So a little bit of fun. Um, so that was my main purchases, and then uh, of course some Kickstarter stuff. 
Um, I'll, I'll go back a little bit later just because they're not all like recent the last couple weeks, but just some of the more major ones over the last month or so. Um, ended up back in like Dungeons and Lasers, the third edition. Some minis and terrain there. Um, the Witcher uh, did a Kickstarter, and I went kind of low on that one because I'm a little unsure, but it was kind of a neat idea, and the the company seemed like they're taking in a cool role. Um, huh. It's definitely an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting world, and you can tell they kind of seem to have some passion behind it. So I was like, all right, I'll at least tip towards it, um, if even if I don't go all in towards it, right? Um, and then uh, did Marvel United, uh, the X Men edition, because I'm a sucker for X Men. Uh, they had a, <laughs> yeah, they had the Avengers one um, last year, and I just didn't quite go on it. They're a little bit more chibi style miniatures, I would say, um, more of that genre. We have a friend who got it, and I asked him about it, and he said he enjoyed it, and he was back in this next one. So I was like, all right, I'll go for it. Um, then I did a couple of uh, 5e adventures, um, again, mainly just trying to support some of the, you know, writers out there trying to do that sort of thing. And if we eventually end up getting around to playing again sometimes, it would be nice to have a variety of, um, you know, added adventures or complete campaigns to toss in there. And then uh, some STL files, uh, mainly bases. So I have a wide variety of bases I can print from sewer to wood, city futuristic steampunk all sorts of stuff now right like i added like 25 different styles of bases um that's super handy yeah exactly especially since i can print my own i you know i can adjust the sizes a little bit um what's unfortunate is depending on the games there's a lot of games it goes 25 40 50 you know upwards but there's not as or 32 millimeters there's not as many that do 30 millimeters so for War Machine bases, I have to kind of adjust their, the 32s down a little bit. Um, mm. Isn't huge. I mean, it's probably not going to be really noticeable from an eye level, but it's just one of those things that I, I found interesting. That 30 millimeter does not get much love um, on these. But mm. I mean, my main plan is I would love to be able to get together with some friends, play some of these, uh, maybe review some of the um, Kickstarters, but. The, again, the main, the big one for me is the bases to start really sprucing up, and uh, I've yeah. uh, got some that I'm going to do my Infinity Armies in, and I got some more for my Malifaux, you know, some more kind of planky, piratey, bayou looking ones. So nice. That's what I'm working on or purchased lately. Uh, well, I recently decided to take the plunge and catch up on some Archons. Uh, that I hadn't really been picking up um, in the past, mostly because I hadn't been playing very much War Machine. But there's a really interesting Secret Masters list with Tanith that I was interested in playing that I only had one of the Archons, one of the four Archons that I needed for the list. So I recently picked up a second Primal Archon, two Dunian Archons, and two Death Archons, just because I know eventually I'll prob there will probably be a list that I'll be interested in that'll run two of them. Yeah. And um, since Secret Masters seems to be the new hotness right now, finally, um, <laughs> I just decided to kind of fill out some of that stuff. So um, that was the whole point for grabbing those. I also recently picked up, so before this past weekend where I knew I was going to be playing some Warcaster, um, I got my second Dusk Wolf assembled uh, in preparation for the game, magnetized. Um, I picked up the Warder. 
uh, unit attachment for Martyr Worlds. Um, and then I also put on pre-order a unit of the Infiltrators, um, one of the other Ranger teams nice. for um, da, 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 Warcaster. For Warcaster. So those will probably be here, I think, next month sometimes with uh, sometime next month with the July releases for Privateer. Uh, I've also backed um, since the store back to the retail of the next Riot Quest Kickstarter. Um, I have one of everything of that coming, but that won't be out till around Christmas time. Looking forward to that. Um, the store also backed the Privateer Press, the uh, Iron Kingdom's Requiem Kickstarter. This was a couple of months ago, but I'm planning on getting one of each of those books when they come out here in a couple of months. Um, so that's what I have looking forward to. Hopefully, get KRPG game, maybe. if I know there's a lot of people talking about um, doing... A couple of different people talking about doing campaigns. Um, yeah. Just trying to figure out if I might be able to hop into one of those, but Looking forward to that. Um, I think that's it for... Oh, my the Dark Angels Codex finally came back into stock, and so I was able to grab that um, for the Dark Angels All Bikes list that I'm planning on playing. Um, I'm almost done getting everything assembled. Uh, I just need to get one more box of the raven guard or sorry the raven wing command squad so that i can make three more of the uh of the black knights to finish that list and then i will have that nice, nice. very nice yeah i um i don't i'm just gonna go over some of my recent purchases um some of them in the last couple of weeks some of them might have been maybe three weeks ago kind of thing um, but um, I, I bought the Blood Angels Codex uh, because I got my hands on some Blood Angels. Um, not sure if that was a good idea, but that's what's <laughs> happening. So um, I'm very happy with with that, actually. But whatever. Um, but um, but I have a bunch of you know Night Haunt stuff that I intend to use for Warcry. But I was I was looking at it, I was like you know this could probably turn into a small Age of Sigmar force. And so um, I got the battle tome for it. And then, um, and then, you know, in the second edition of, of Age of Sigmar, they did a bunch of push fit stuff for the two starter armies. Yeah. And so there were two push fit characters. One of them is riding on, is riding a mount of some sort. Um, actually, no. And then two of them are like soldier guys and they come in a box of two. So, so I got those guys. Um, um, I'm not earnestly collecting Night Hunt, but I wanted to get those before they went away. Um, is, is sort of what I was thinking. Yeah. And then, um, so that means that means I'll have everything push fit that they did for Night Hunt at least. And then and then if I really really wanted to like flesh it out, then I can go and get some of the pretty models that are out there. Um, I did back a couple of, of Kickstarter projects recently. Um, I backed the Scoundrels of the Damned Ruined, which is um, uh, which are STL files for um, uh, for like model model pieces, like arms and heads and things like that. Um, basically, um, one of our locals, Wes, 
has a bunch of the old Mordheim models and in these models uh, would really fit with that warband that he has. And so the idea is if ever I get my 3d printer up and running that I would, that I would 3d print uh, some, some pieces for him. And I did back the basic set of the Hannibal versus Rome um, Kickstarter. Um, I really want to get into historical miniatures. And so this, this Kickstarter came along and if you went all in, you'd get like seven armies and you could play all these different nations and stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would ever do that. And so I just got the basic set. It gave me two sides, Hannibal and Rome. So, um, um, or whatever they were, I, that's not Hannibal versus Rome is the name of the Kickstarter. I can't remember the two starter forces in it though. And then, um, and then there was another one that I kick, that I kickstarted at the, at the basic set too. And that was, it's called Europe Asunder. And so this is um, Napoleonics. And these come in scale between six and 18 millimeter. And so I kind of want to play a really small scale Napoleonics. And I, I, I don't know if I want to do six. I'm kind of leaning six. But um, I just want to see a sea of models marching across, you know, um, you know, a big table of green and rolling hills and hedges and trees and, you know, just, just roll tons of dice and I don't know. I think that's a sign I'm getting old. Being sore from playing basketball and then wanting to play historicals. <laughs> Um, I like to be organized, even though I failed at being organized with my scoring, as I mentioned earlier. But um, so I got a deck, a deck box for my flesh and blood stuff. Yes, and, and that's really nice. We actually played that last night. We played the, a multiplayer with with Laura and Oz and me before we went to bed, and um, and it was really good. They they eliminated me, and and Laura and Oz went back and forth until the, at one point they both had four life. And then, um, and then Laura had one and he had three. And then I think that's when he won. So uh, we're really enjoying Flesh and Blood right now, especially now that we got some of the cool cards from the Monarch um, Blitz Box starter sets. Yeah. And so um, and we're looking forward to the unlimited of, of, the, of the, the third set. Um, it's going to be released this summer. And so we're looking forward to get some of that stuff too. So nice. yeah. Fun game. Well, hey guys, what are you building? What are you painting? Oh boy, um, I'm not building a whole bunch right now, but I am working on a, uh, a Mario chess set for my son, a little custom fun project. Hopefully, you can't hear me. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they actually produced one of those, right? Oh, do they? Well, you know, I have a printer that I can put stuff on. So, you know. I actually, I actually bought it from when I worked at Target a number of years ago. It's a Super Mario chessboard, but uh, we'll find it's pretty cool. I've only ever used it once, but I have it still. <laughs> I just see if you want to sell it first. Um, but no, I, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those. It'll be a fun little project. Um, I've already got everything printed, and so I started doing yeah. some priming. I'm doing uh, the cheat of where I'm. I'm just priming it the base coat. Yeah, because they don't have to look super great, right? You know, just block the colors in there, I think will be good enough. So um, I'll still try to do a good job on it. So maybe I'll get some pictures of those posted when they're finally done. But trying to 
trying to work that when they're also now summer around all the time is going to be a little difficult. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's a it's a long haul of a goal, but slowly working towards it. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to coach chess. Yep. I'd love, yeah. to, love to play a game of chess with your son on on his special marble board. So. Yeah, he knows how to play. Um, yeah. Not always the best moves, but <laughs> does know does know the basics. But he may catch you off guard. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I've got just a couple of things on my hobby desk. Um, I had, you know, I had built and primed my Saigor, and so I started putting some base coats on it a couple of parts paint parties ago. Uh, last week, I finally built and based and primed my Normans. So I've got these uh, uh, Norman uh, all in chainmail and these glorious oversized spears. And so uh, it's, it's for Saga. And so it doesn't have to be entirely accurate, historically accurate. So, I mean, I know a guy, a local guy who plays with his Kador models he uses for his saga. So it doesn't have to be <laughs> entirely accurate. But, yeah. Uh, that's what I got on my hobby desk. Uh, well, I mentioned earlier some of the stuff that I purchased recently uh, has gotten assembled and primed uh, in anticipation for um, potentially playing them soon. So Warder... Um, Warder and uh, Duskwolf for Marcher Worlds. I also have my third Hunter and Artemis Fang, who's the hero. Uh, I've also got the two Dunian Archons and the Primal Archon primed and assembled. Uh, the Death Archons I'll get around to eventually. I'm not interested in working on those right now. I also think I want to do a little alteration with um, the Scythe um, the way that they're holding the scythes, or at least on one of them. Yeah. And uh, I'm just not interested in working on that project right now. But I have actually gotten a little painting done. Uh, during the painting party last week, I started working on some of the extra circle stuff that I had um, that had been assembled and primed, just waiting to get painted once I got back around to working on my circle again. So I started working, and then the other day finished up the... Um, Stonekeeper model, and then I've also been working on two of the Wold Wraith Light War Beasts. Um, those guys are mostly done. I just need to do a little bit more. Need to do kind of the tattered cloak that they're wearing, a couple other details, and then just give them a wash, and then those will be done. Um, trying to get back to doing some of the privateer stuff. Um, because I'm just kind of bored. I'm just tired of working on GW stuff right now. Not really motivated to do it right now. Mm -hmm. uh, something else that I, I purchased recently and assembled that I forgot to talk about was um, two of the Thamorite Advocates, mm -hmm. uh, which went together pretty easily, and those are sitting on my table here uh, waiting to get primed. And then I also found, I totally had forgotten because I, I stuck it in a box somewhere, was... Um, Shoot, I forgot the name of this monster from Monpok. It's the um, it's the newest Shadow Sun Syndicate model. Um, I forgot what her name is. It's the female ninja monster. Um, I got it a long time ago when the model like came out, and had intended to get it assembled a while ago, 
And as I was clearing my desk off, making room for other projects, it got stuck in a box and forgotten about until I found it recently. It was like, oh yeah, I should assemble and prime this and paint it eventually along. And my Kraken Octus, I, I notice again every now and then, should uh, work on getting those taken care of. And more models added to the list of painting stuff this year, unfortunately. More to yep. the backlog and not much progress, so... There it is. Trying to. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, speaking of paint party, just want to invite everyone to join our Discord and join us every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we do, uh, we just all log in and just talk and, and, and paint. And um, sometimes the conversations are really awesome and sometimes they're even more awesomer. <laughs> I mean, it's always awesome. So, um, and, uh, but I get a lot of work done and it's nice. And it's nice having that designated time that, you know, that you're going to be hanging out with friends and hobbying. So, and then also want to plug the book club. Uh, I believe this coming Sunday is our last Sunday of the month, right? So Sunday right. Afternoon, we're going to have, yeah, the, uh, conversation this month. We all read the, or are reading or will have read the, Conan RPG from Mophidius. Yes. And so I'm um, looking forward to that discussion. I love reading RPG books. And then we'll decide what the next book will be uh, for June, uh, for July, because it is June. Oh, what a year. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So with that, I just want to say thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for being a part of our community. And uh, we hope to inspire you to play more games. Bing, 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 bing,